As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. episode 205 of Alohomora for October 29th, 2016. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Alohomora. I am Kat Miller. I'm Eleanor Harrison-Dengue. And I'm Rosie Morris. And it is my pleasure to introduce to you uh, the second of the two new voices that you will hear tonight, um, our fabulous guest, Amy. Hello! Would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself, Amy? Yeah, I would love to. I am a middle school choir director in Oklahoma. Um, I make Harry Potter references as much as possible. Um, I'm a standard generation Harry Potter love of my life started when I was in second grade. My mom read him to me and I started just reading without her permission under the covers at night. Um, I run my class like Hogwarts. So all of the kids are in a house based on their folder color. And I actually, the orchestra teacher does this too. Um, and she's the one that started it. And she actually has the kids in houses like Bach, Beethoven, all the composers instead of Slytherin, Gryffindor. So, but the kids earn points for answering questions, being leaders, and lose points for kind of, you know, talking out of turn. It's a big problem in sixth grade. <laughs> um, <laughs> I started listening to Alohomora last year in around December. Um, and I actually started with book four because that was all that was available on iTunes. And then I went back and listened to one, two, and three recently. So I'm like finally getting the, is it alive references and the Mandarin <laughs> front jokes. And I'm like, oh, this is so cool. I get it now. So, um, yeah, my, oh, my house is, it's kind of funny. My very first sorting, I was a hat stall between Ravenclaw and Slytherin. And then my second sorting, I was a Ravenclaw. And then I recently just kind of went through a big life change. My father passed away in April. 
and I moved and I got in a new job and since like all of those, I don't know, my personality has changed so I was just curious. I took the test, I got another email <laughs> and took the test again and I was sorted into Hufflepuff. So, Ooh, wow. welcome to the house. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Wow, I I love I love hearing stories like that. I'm very sorry for your loss. That is um, a very hard thing for any to anyone to go through. But I uh, I like hearing stories about when people go through a big life change like that and how they can feel their own personality really changing, and then mm-hmm. that's reflected in how they get sorted. I think that is so interesting. And we definitely have an episode on sortings coming up soon. So oh, yeah, nice. everyone should stay tuned for that. We're really excited about it. <laughs> uh, speaking of episodes, um, you will have noticed by now, hopefully, that Alohomora is actually alternating weeks um, with MuggleNet's other podcast, Speak Beastie. You've heard us talk about it loads and loads of times before. Um, and Eleanor, our other voice that you can hear tonight, is actually one of the hosts over on Speak Beastie. Um, and we're very glad to have her with us tonight. Eleanor, would you like to kind of introduce yourself to our listeners a little bit as well? Hi, Aloha Mora listeners. Uh, this is very exciting because I've only been on Speak Beastie. Um, yeah, it's just really exciting actually, strangely enough, to talk about um, Harry Potter as opposed to Fantastic Beasts. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. So yeah, thanks so much for the opportunity. Absolutely. Thank you for filling in for Michael at pretty much the last minute and for getting up at quite literally the crack of dawn to <laughs> end the show bad. with us. It's, it's what, 6.30 in the morning for you right now? Not nah, 7.30 now. When you push the time out, an hour out, it's fine. 7.30 now. It's cool. Okay, <laughs> wonderful. Good to know. Good, good, good. So today, this week, uh, we are really excited about something This kind of happened upon us beautifully the uh, 35th anniversary of when lord voldemort attempted to murder harry when he was a child is this halloween so in two days from now october 31st is going to be that monumentous occasion uh i don't know if it's something really to be celebrated but we're going to talk about it today and i think it's going to be really wonderful and a lot of fun we obviously touched on it when we got to those certain chapters throughout the seven novels but i personally think that it deserves some exploring there's lots of fun things to talk about so um i do want to say that we will not be discussing cursed child's version of events um (laughs) as a whole the the hosts um disagree on whether that is or isn't canon so (laughs) we've decided to just leave that out since we can't come to a conclusion about it amongst ourselves. so Or at least it... give it its own discussion rather than including it in this main kind of discussion of the, the, the Harry Potter story novels version of events. Yeah, maybe, or just pretend it doesn't exist. That's fine. <laughs> That's fine. Really um... walking around outside her house. Uh, that makes yeah. sense. <laughs> no. no, no, no. So yes, this this examination will be focused on the seven novels today. And happy Halloween, by the way, everyone. Happy, happy Halloween. Halloween. Happy Halloween. <laughs> And a very special happy Halloween as well to our Patreon sponsor for today's episode, Aisha Hawkins. Thank you so much um, for doing your bit to help keep Alohomora running. You guys as well can become a sponsor for as little as $1 a month over on patreon.com forward slash Alohomora. We're always putting out kind of exclusive little tidbits and other things over there on Patreon. So please do check it out. And thank you again, Aisha. Um, for helping us today. Thank you. Thank you. you. You're the best. Yay. I would give you some chocolate, but I'm on the internet and I can't. So um, (laughs) take some digital uh, figurative chocolate. Enjoy that. 
And I guess speaking of treats, we will jump into this special kind of Halloween episode. And as usual, this thing that we're trying out here, we're going to talk a little bit about kind of our overall impression for this topic and then also the specific things that we're thinking about we want to focus on within the topic. So this is kind of the first one besides the women of Harry Potter discussion and kind of the character analysis that we've done, it really pulls a lot of information from several different books. So this is um, this is a bit of trial and error for us listeners. So please bear with us as we kind of uh, trip our way through this episode. But I think it's going to be really good. I think it's going to be good. We have, I've done hours and hours and hours of research. There's lots of good stuff in here. But what what specifically do you guys want to explore or kind of get out of this discussion today? Well, whenever I saw that we were going to have this discussion about Halloween, I kind of thought, why is Halloween such a big deal in the wizarding world? There's always a Halloween feast, that kind of stuff. Is it is it because there's like a veil between the living and the dead or the magical and non-magical that's thinner on Halloween? So I just kind of wanted to explore that. Mine was particularly kind of this Halloween um, and this particular moment and whether it really changes the wizarding world as much as we think it does obviously it it, um puts an end to the very first wizarding war um in terms of voldemort's rise to power and then that fall um but you know if if this particular scenario hadn't happened how much would the world be different i guess that's kind of slightly relevant to cursed child but we're not going to discuss the actual kind of (laughs) actual cursed child storyline right Um, and mine sort of plays off of yours because mine is about one person's very poor judgment and rash decisions which is serious everybody who listens knows that i am not a giant fan of the character and i feel as though there are some really good opportunities in this discussion to really break down Sirius's judgment and why he's not really the best father figure for Harry after all. And I will be defending him a lot. (laughs) Good, that's what I wanted to hear. Yeah, and mine connects back, I guess, to Rosie's as well, really, in that it's sort of like what would have happened if it had been Neville and not Harry? How would that have changed the wizarding world? So, yeah. It could have been, who knows? Somebody needs to write that story. What, Neville, not Harry? I think it has been written. I'm sure it's a fanfic somewhere. Yeah. There are many. <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe Joe can write that as a ninth, 10th, and 11th story or something <laughs> ridiculous like that. Whatever. Okay, the so, Wizarding Multiverse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I guess the first thing I wanted to touch on here and kind of... I want to set the scene, so to say. So I'm going to go through the timeline of events that happens on... It's October 31st, 1981. So Harry is just over a year old at this point, October 31st, 1981. I figured we'll go through the timeline here just to sort of set the scene and all of that. And I want to give a really big shout out to our friend um, Steve Vander Ark and his entire staff at the Harry Potter Lexicon because, as I mentioned before, uh, these events take place and we get tidbits of information over the entire seven books and they have a fantastic resource there which helped me really research between them all really easily without having seven giant uh, hardback books sitting on my lap flipping through pages so giant shout out to Steve and his entire team at the lexicon they just launched the new one so if you haven't checked it out yet definitely go over there and do that so everything with this kind of started out on approximately October 24th 1981 so about a week before 
the Potters were attacked is when Dumbledore suggests that they put the Fidelius charm on their house and on them and all of that. And Dumbledore is the one who facilitates that, if nobody knew that. Was it that short, just they were only under it for a week? Because I've, I've always wondered about this, because I thought they were like visiting Bagshot, Pettigrew was visiting, um, they were, Harry like got that present from Sirius on his birthday. Was it only just a week? I mean, well, that's what the lexicon happen, says. But did it happen? It happened straight after Dumbledore found out about Trelawney's prophecy, right? Yes. Pretty soon after, yes. Okay, so that would have been, like, that. so they're the things that happened in very quick succession. That's, I mean, it's just, well, also, I would assume that because they hadn't done it beforehand, it just would have been that they thought they were in as much mortal peril as anyone else who was fighting, and then they got the prophecy, I guess, and then that's when they decided to use the Fidelius um, charm. Yeah. Right. But wouldn't have she given the prophecy before term started for school? And it would have been before September 1st? I don't know. Um, well, she didn't have, she wasn't a teacher at Hogwarts. Um, she became a teacher because Ooh. of the prophecy, and Dumbledore wanted to protect her, if I remember correctly. Is that correct? Okay. Yeah, she. It, the prophecy happened before Harry was born, so it happened in 1980 oh, because it was born. Right. Bo- uh, someone will be born on, as the seventh month dies. So, um, it had to have done, been done before July 1980. So, they definitely weren't under the Fidelius charm for the whole time period. Okay. Right, and mm. then and then I okay. believe that Snape found out Lily was pregnant, and since he had heard the prophecy and related it to Voldemort. He put the two and two together, went to Dumbledore, said protector, and then that's when all of these events kind of got set into place, I believe. Mm. Well, they must have been, like, fighting Voldemort then in the intervening time and they couldn't put them yeah. on the Fidelius charm. I it must have been so. something like the Fidelius charm happened after the third time he defied them or, some, or they defied him because of that mm. yeah. clause in the prophecy. I don't know. I really it's wish we knew. It's a little bit complicated what... and not very clear. <laughs> As is most things in the Harry Potter universe. Yeah. <laughs> but I do wish that we knew what those three things were, how they defied him. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That would be so cool. I always hoped that one of them was like when they were at school, they were like head boy and head girl, and like that was the like catalyst for their relationship. Anyway, it's my personal head canon. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. No, I like it. And and I've always wondered if this third, you know, if this moment could be considered a time that they, you know, they defied Voldemort. Because technically they did. Now, obviously not the third time, but counted as a time. Either way, so uh, about a week later from the Fidelius charm being placed on the Potters in their home, around midnight on October the 31st, Lord Voldemort goes to Godric Hollow and attempts to murder Harry after he was um, tipped off by Pettigrew. And we know what happens there. So James, Voldemort comes into the house. James doesn't have his wand. He gets Avada Kedavra. He's dead. He goes upstairs, he gives Lily a chance to step aside and let him have Harry, and of course she does not, and he murders her, and then attempts to murder Harry, and we know what happened there. Which we will talk about significantly a lot later in the episode. (laughs) And from that moment on, Dumbledore knows immediately what happened, uh, due to the Fidelius charm, and then Joe has also said other charms and magic that he has put on the home so that he could be notified immediately if something happened. At that moment, Dumbledore sends Hagrid to Godric Hollow to pick up Harry, and Sirius meets him there with the motorbike. 
and gives Hagrid the motorbike in order to take Harry away from the house. How did Sirius know to come? Uh, because he went to check on Peter, and Peter was gone, and he said, it says, or I believe Joe says he had a bad feeling about it, so he went and over to the Potter's house and found the destruction. The, but also there was no sign of a fight, and so he found, found that really weird. I think that was one of the big ones. Oh, right, right. Pettigrew was gone, and nothing, right, nothing was set uh, array or anything, right. Okay. So then Sirius, um, kind of in that moment, realizes that Pettigrew gave them up, and he goes to find Pettigrew, and of course, as we know also, he ended up being framed for murder in that moment of 14 muggles, I believe, and was carted off to Azkaban by Cornelius Fudge without a trial. Which, again, we will talk about those decisions later. The next morning, uh, November 1st, McGonagall runs into Hagrid, who does not have Harry with him. So remember that. It's the first thing. And McGonagall goes to wait at Privet Drive, where Dumbledore will be arriving later that evening, which Hagrid tells her. And she doesn't know what he is doing there or why he's going to be bringing Harry there or what the significance of the address is. She just knows that she wants to see Dumbledore, so she goes to wait for him. She does not have confirmation yet that James and Lily are dead. Hagrid doesn't tell her, but she hears about it uh, through the whispering, as she explains in that first chapter. Uh, Later that evening, Hagrid is late and brings Harry to Dumbledore on Privet Drive. And sometime after that, after... Harry's left, perhaps while, while all this is going on. Pettigrew retrieves Lord Voldemort's wand from the wreckage of Godric's Hollow. Where he puts it or where he keeps it for the next, you know, decade and a half. In, is it the burrow somewhere? <laughs> oh my gosh, I hope not, but probably. But who knows? We don't know where it is. Joe has never said where he's hidden it before. So, And I guess since we're on the topic of Pettigrew... We should just continue talking about him because he definitely uh, is a big catalyst for a lot of these events along with his his fellow marauder, Sirius Black. And, you know, it has been said many times before that we know that we know why Sirius convinced the Potters to use Pettigrew. But why did he do that? We know that, you know, he said that he thinks he would be an obvious choice and that they would go after him. But isn't there enough evidence over the years to show that Sirius is a stronger, more trustworthy person than Pettigrew? Well, it seems he, was, he was trying so... to protect against the mole, right? Or the rat, I guess, as it were. Um, <laughs> and he thought the rat was Remus and Remus thought the rat was Sirius. So Sirius was like thinking about protecting the Potters from Remus, not so much, I think, from the whole, like, Lord Voldemort's Death Eaters kind of thing. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. if you take it from that perspective, I don't know, I think that makes that relationship sound a lot more interesting to me. Like, there's definitely more, t- I don't know, oh, there's so, like, the Marauders are so exciting. Every time I think about them, I'm like, oh, there's just, what kind of relationship <laughs> did Remus and Sirius have? I mean, like, all the Wolfstar people, pro- like, probably go crazy when they think about this stuff. I like... That's just so interesting. Anyway, I don't, I don't know. I just think that's a fascinating idea that they've decided to go with, like, I don't know, that J.K. Rowling decided that Sirius, like, I don't know, that Sirius thought Peter would be able to, like, he wouldn't, maybe he thought, I'm not even sure, I don't know where I'm going with this. I'm like, I don't know, maybe he thought that, like, Remus like he would capitulate to Remus but Peter wouldn't or something I don't know anyway sorry I think they all underestimated 
um, Peter. They they all considered him to be the one that no one thought that they would go to. Yeah. Um, and that's why they they thought in that case let's go to him and we'll we'll trust him in this in this case. Um, like because he was this kind of weak link, no one would think that they would trust him. Um, I think the like the Peter thing is obvious, but it's like why not serious? Well, what if Sirius like because was Sirius about... would be the most obvious. Like Sirius is the godfather of the situation. He he's the one that would be the best friend. So if you're going to trust anyone, you would go to Sirius. So Sirius would then be the one at risk, and and he doesn't want to be tortured into revealing his best friend's situation and that kind of thing. Mm. Or he thinks that he would be able to withstand that, and and if he doesn't know it, you know, because he's not the secret keeper, he literally wouldn't be able to. So he could withstand the torture and not be able to tell. The secret. I wonder yeah. if Veritaserum works. Like, what if they imperiused him to take a Veritaserum? If that would reveal a Fidelius charm? I think that would probably be... You'd be able to reveal the fact that there was a Fidelius charm, but you wouldn't be able to reveal what that secret is. Yeah, that makes sense. And I guess I've always wondered, too, why have a secret keeper at all? Why? I know Dumbledore has said... Has Dumbledore said why it wasn't him? He said I vaguely remember something in my head about that. Yeah, I remember him. He said that he offered to be it, but they insisted because James was all proud of his friends and would never want to admit right. that one of his friends was his, you know, betrayer. So he put his faith in a friend instead of in Dumbledore. But why wouldn't James just be the secret keeper? Like that kind of makes sense. Like, but also, like with J.K. Rowling, she obviously has so many biblical allusions with Harry Potter. I mean, obviously, mm. Peter yeah, has to be the that's Judas. True. Right. What would, would, would James even be eligible to be the secret keeper? I guess he I would be because... one of the ones that part of the secret. No, uh, but he would be because um, Bill is a secret keeper for Shell Cottage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And isn't... Well, Dumbledore is the secret keeper for... Grimald Place. Yeah. Right. I guess he would be able to then. Hmm. I guess it depends whether they were keeping just the place secret or themselves secret if they were part of the secret then yeah yeah that sounds right it might be slightly more complicated (laughs) right are fidelius charms placed on just dwellings or on people that's what i meant like if if he is if the secret is the dwelling and the people inside of it then he wouldn't be able to be his own secret um i'm not sure you can use a fidelius charm on a person I don't know. I mean, if it if it um, effectively hides people from sight without knowledge, um, so you know, Grimmauld Place only appears in that street if you know that Grimmauld Place shall be there because you've been told by the Secret Keeper. Then essentially, if it works on people, you should only be able to see that person if you know that that person is there because you've been told that they are there. So you could essentially walk down the street and not be seen by anyone because they don't know you exist. Unless they know your names. I think I know what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it would be an interesting form of invisibility if it is that way. Like But don't aren't don't people in Grimmauld Place they leave all the time and they're not Because it's know. only the place that is se- oh, the secret you're saying rather than there's two different people. Okay. Yeah. So if, if you have, like, a, a larger secret, which is the people and the place, then the place is secret, but also the people within it. But only when they're within it. 
Unless the secret kind of is that they are around. <laughs> I don't know. It's complicated. Right. Because if it was the people who were in it too, or the people who knew about it, or were part of the Fidelius Charm, the Seven Potters wouldn't have needed to happen. Because you could have just put Fidelius Charm on Harry and hidden him. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Right. So yeah, probably when you're when you're in a place. And that would make sense with why James wasn't allowed to leave if it is um him getting if you know that letter where he's getting um a bit antsy having to stay in the house all the time right because um, that's the only time he's safe which is funny because that letter was sent see that letter is a weird thing and i think this is what amy was trying to talk about before yeah, yeah. um is that how i mean if the fidelius charm was only put on the dwelling approximately a week before they were killed and that letter was written months before that because it was well when was it written wasn't it when around harry's know? birthday yeah um it's uh, it's saying thank you for a present whether that's a birthday present or a christmas present i'm not sure but right. i mean it's october so it wouldn't be a christmas present so yeah isn't it must there a be. date at the top of the letter i'm not sure um it definitely says thank you for the gift for harry's birthday or yeah. something i really thought it was a birthday gift yeah so it would have been Feel. july yeah um yeah how I'm do pr- we know that the fidelius charm was october 24th roughly a week before so the way I always remembered this story was that they had been in hiding for a long time and that towards the end of their being in hiding, there were rumours of, a, of a, a mole and they convinced the, them to change Secret Keeper to, make, to kind of make it safer. And that was when Sirius convinced them to use Pettigrew and that gave Pettigrew the opportunity to betray them because he was then Secret Keeper. And that's why things suddenly picked up on that kind of last week of October. Um, if I have completely misremembered that, that's completely my fault. But if we go by what thought. the lexicon says, and they are 99% right most of the time, yeah. <laughs> it says approximately a week before the attack, Dumbledore suggests that the Potters use the Fidelius charm to protect their hidden hiding place. The charm's secret keeper was initially supposed to be James's best friend, Sirius Black. However, Sirius persuaded the Potters to bluff and use Peter Pettigrew instead. Fair enough. That was me misremembering or misunderstanding at the time then. <laughs> But I think I prefer my story. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it. they could have been in hiding longer than the week. I think that that kind of yeah. makes everything yeah. line up better. If they went into hiding before they did the Fidelius charm. So I liked your idea, Rosie. <laughs> Dear Padfoot. No, it just says thank you for Harry's birthday present. It was his favorite by far. So presumably late July. If you could visit, it would cheer him up so much. Wormy was here last weekend. I thought he seemed down. So that That doesn't necessarily it doesn't necessarily mean the Fidelius charms already on the house. But also, we don't know when the letter came in. I mean, like Sirius could have given that like gift at any point between July and October because I mean they're fighting Voldemort. He wouldn't have had enormous amounts of time to get yeah yeah so. And if she did write it in that week, like he, Harry could have just been using the broomstick and therefore she was thanking him for the birthday present. It doesn't necessarily have to be close to the birthday. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Um, that's a point. Maybe Harry just started, use, just started figuring out how to write it. Actually, it continues on to say we had a very quiet birthday tea, just us and old Bathilda. Oh, ah, there you go. Ah, um, there we go. Had to have been in July then. Or August, because July, yeah, 31st. <laughs> but that's only two months. And again, that doesn't necessarily mean that the Fidelia's charm was already on the house at that point. Mm, and also, if, wor- if Wormtail's down, maybe it's because he... Like he he's getting pressure from Voldemort to sell them out, and he can't because he obviously isn't a secret keeper yet. Right, which made me wonder, and I was thinking about that a lot today. What do we? What did Voldemort do to flip Pettigrew to his side, or is it just in Pettigrew's nature? Because I know a lot of people try to defend Pettigrew. I have so um, many head cannons about this. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's hear them. I I I really want to uh, try and figure out why Pettigrew decide I mean but besides besides the whole wanting to be near power and all that stuff I mean there's that but I think that basically the Marauders had this massive like breakdown in their system like after Sirius tried to frame Remus basically with like trying to get like trying to hurt Snape but inadvertently putting his friend in danger as well I think Remus and Sirius had a massive falling out that's how they could suspect each other like a few years on and when that fallout happened James and Lily got much closer um and so the like the Marauders ended up going to like three different places and Peter was just kind of left and that's when there's like obviously a vacuum for him and you know for Mm. like obviously a need for at least people around him or friends or whatever and that is when the um Death Eaters like found him took advantage of him that's kind of where I think it went I think that's beautiful for the record props oh thank you (laughs) I, I feel like I remember in Order of the Phoenix, they talk about how the Order of the Phoenix then was not nearly as well organized as they were the second time around. And so maybe it's just that Pettigrew wanted to be on the winning side and he could see, you know, the McKinnons were getting murdered, the Molly Molly's brothers got getting murdered, like he saw all of those deaths. And then he was like, okay, I need to, I'm, I better switch to the side that's going to win. 
I think that that's it was his choice. <laughs> Lord Voldemort yeah. didn't do it. Peter was your like, survival. Yeah. But when did it happen? <laughs> mm. Oh man. He could have been thinking about it for a long time. If people are dying. And then he just was like, I'm going to be your servant now. I wonder how he got in there, though. I mean, I'm assuming you can't just waltz up to Voldemort and be like, hey, dude, so I'm cool with, like, selling out my friends. Voldemort would be like, are you, though? That's I don't think he would have gone to Voldemort. I think Voldemort found him. I mean, if, if Voldemort is out there looking for James and Lily, um, you are going to track down the friends and... and Peter doesn't strike me as being able to hide himself as well as the others, despite the rat form. Um, he probably got caught and therefore either tortured or probably not even that, but just um, questioned and, and gave them up because mm. he was threatened, basically. Okay, yeah. He's a sad little man. I, I, I don't... He is. <sighs> Like I said, I know there are a lot of people who defend and sympathize with Pettigrew. And I think that there's a place for him in the story and a place for redemption, but I'm not sure he reaches that quite for me. I don't know. How do you guys feel about him? Yeah, I don't I don't think he I don't know. There was ever even any redemption. And I always wonder, I think about the hand cuz to me the whole him, you know, Harry not kill, choosing to kill him. Um, like, I don't, I don't know if that really ever comes full. It kind of comes full circle, but I don't know. I, I feel like I, I thought there was going to be more like of good side or something like that. That well, he does save them from the basement. Does he? That was the, the does he save them or does he just kills him? He just like starts choking himself. He just has. Like, he was going to let them go, and that's why his oh, hand okay. turns against him. Hmm. Yeah, because that, um, that was Voldemort's trick: is that you, if you betray me, I will kill you, kind of thing. Because um, uh... he knows that um, Pettigrew will will go for whoever will allow him to survive, and and Pettigrew chose Harry. That's in that moment, why. Oh my gosh! I just I, I thought Voldy. I knew everything. Voldy. I did. <laughs> I think the most interesting things about Peter are not necessarily him saving Harry at the end or betraying James and Lily um, I think the true marks of his character are what happens in that scene with Sirius that we don't get to see um, and what happens in the year after Prisoner of Azkaban um, it is completely Pettigrew that brings Voldemort back to power Um if he had just gone and lived as a rat in the woods, none of it would have happened. And he, like, the whole of the rest of the story wouldn't have mattered. Um, so the worst thing that he does is go to Albania and find Voldemort. Um, and that is, I think, more telling of his character because that is the one thing that he chose to do out of his own free will. He was he was out scot-free. There was no reason for him to have done that other than to seek out power or to seek out um, some kind of advantage for himself. That may have kind of um, backfired on him eventually, um, but that that was 
the one choice we see him make that was completely his own free will. Um, and, and that is the reason for me why he cannot be redeemed. So then, and I, I mentioned this briefly before as well, who do we think is the true catalyst at setting on the events of what happens to James and Lily and eventually to Harry? Is it Pettigrew's fault? Is it Sirius's fault for making the wrong decision and putting his trust in the wrong people? Is it, you know, Dumbledore's fault? Because, I mean, obviously... It's no one person's fault, but who do we think set these events into motion? I still think it's Voldemort. I think no matter what happened, he would have found them in the end. He he was looking for these people. Um, and that was a choice that he made based on his own um, similarities to, to Harry. Um, so I, d- I don't think, you know, the um, the influence of these other characters made too much of a difference or a catalyst kind of effect it it may have sped things up it may have made things easier but i i i don't think it would have been very different if Pettigrew hadn't betrayed them um it's just that kind of added complication what about snape then since he since he had such a big part in voldemort finding out about the prophecy i feel like voldemort would have been fighting james and lily but he may not have targeted them the way that that he did without Snape. Yeah, I think it all comes back to Snape. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, Do you cause... think he would have ever heard the prophecy without Snape? Because the prophecy still exists whether Snape heard it or not. I think he would have... Um, oh, God, so many things would be different if he didn't hear the prophecy. Um, he he yeah. might not have even ever Unless, known about it. Because, I mean, his only interest in prophecies is because of that prophecy. It's not like Tom Riddle was going around... talking about the hall of prophecies like this is (laughs) yeah and they don't they don't send you a letter when they especially not if you're so it's not like you're especially not if you're lord Voldemort. (laughs) right Right, exactly right i guess the interesting thing then would be the if if snape hadn't heard the prophecy the people that would have known about it or person because sybil herself didn't know about it would have been dumbledore and we know that dumbledore is fairly arrogant in his um kind of ideas of how he protects things understatement um Mm -hmm. so his interpretation of the prophecy becomes important um he i I think dumbledore would have done the research whether voldemort knew about the prophecy or not he would have found out who those children were and he would have done something to try and yeah fulfill that prophecy to try and defeat the, the the dark lord so he would have focused in on Harry and yeah. Neville um, and, and done something in order to um, bring yeah. about that prophecy because he, yeah, he wants to be the, the man behind the curtain. He Which wants means, to pull those strings. Yeah, so he would um, have made sure that Voldemort marked one of them as his equal. Exactly. So in that sense, would Voldemort have found out about the prophecy because Dumbledore gave it away? Is Snape really involved at all? in this sense or would it I think Dumbl- yeah I think Dumbledore would have tried to fulfill it because wow well because it says that you know one will defeat the other basically in the end and so Dumbledore would deduce I assume that it has to be one of those people to defeat Lord Voldemort and yeah he probably would set the events into motion in an alternate reality give Harry the opportunity and Neville the opportunity to prove themselves 
I, first, I think it was on an episode of Alohomora that, or maybe it was MuggleNet, or not, I can't remember, but they were talking about how the Sorcerer's Stone just doesn't make sense if you're not thinking of Voldemort as, I mean, not Voldemort, Dumbledore as the puppet master of giving Harry all these opportunities to yeah. learn how to, you know, mm. cultivate his leadership and cultivate his bravery and all of that with the, you know, everything. So, yeah, Dumbledore would have totally done that. <laughs> In which case, the, you know, the instigator, the person who is doing all of it and influencing it most is Dumbledore. But that's in an right. alternate reality. We're not reading Cursed <laughs> Child. So. That's true. Then, and, okay, so I brought this up before, how I wanted to talk about Sirius and his bad decisions. And Rosie brought this up, the scene that we don't get to see between Pettigrew and Sirius in the alley. We get tiny little bits of it um, in Prisoner, of course. Uh, we get a scene on the night bus when Harry's pretending to be Neville, which I think is very cute. And Ern, Ern and Stan are talking about uh, what happened. And I am not going to attempt to read this because I cannot read it in this accent. But you guys all know what I'm talking about. Uh, let's see. Anyway, when little Harry Potter got the better, you know who. There you go. <laughs> Harry nervously flattened his bangs down again. All you know who supporters were tracked down, weren't they, Ern? Uh, most of them knew it was all over with, you know, who gone. Uh, and they came quiet, but not serious Black. I heard he thought he'd be second in command once you know he'd taken over. Anyway, they cornered Black in the middle of a street full of muggles, and uh, Black took out his wand, and he blasted half the street apart. And a wizard got it, and so did a dozen muggles that got in the way. Horrible, eh? And you know what Black did then? Stan continued in a dramatic whisper. Old street blown up, and all them muggles dead. What was it they said had happened, Ern? Gas explosion. That was a great accent. <laughs> right. Well, it helps that she's it British. Helps. That helps. <laughs> that helps. And then the the next little bit that we get that informs us on what happens that evening is in the Shrieking Shack during the Mooney, Wormtail, Padfoot, and Prongs chapter. And it's they're all discussing Pettigrew and why Sirius needs to get Scabbers from Ron desperately. And it says, that's not true, Harry yelled. He was their secret keeper. He said so before you turned up. He said he killed them. He was pointing at Black, who shook his head slowly. The sunken eyes were suddenly overbright. Harry, I as good as killed them, he croaked. I persuaded Lily and James to change to Peter at the last moment. Persuaded them to use him as a secret keeper instead of me. I'm to blame. I know it. The night they died, I'd arranged to check on Peter, make sure he was still safe. And when I arrived at his hiding place, he'd gone. Yet there was no sign of a struggle. It didn't feel right. I was scared. I set out for your parents' house straight away, and when I saw their house destroyed and their bodies, I realized what Peter must have done. What I'd done. And a little bit later in the chapter. Just before he transformed, said Black. When I cornered him, he yelled for the whole street to hear that I'd portrayed Lily and James. Then, before I could curse him, he blew apart the street with the wand behind his back, killed everyone within 20 feet of himself and sped down into the sewer with the other rats. So that is a very, very small glimpse of what happens in that moment. But I have an issue with Sirius, obviously. As I mentioned before, as I'm not sure running after somebody who gave up your friends to Lord Voldemort is really the appropriate response to that 
action. Well, what um, is the go tell Dumbledore? Uh, probably setting the professional wizarding government on finding him. Why is that a good idea? But when you're in the middle of a war and you are one of the fighters that have been fighting against Voldemort and your best friend has just betrayed one of your other best friends, you are going to go and fight that person. But there's no way I'd leave that to the government. I get him going after him, but I think, like, why wouldn't Sirius have said something to uh, Hagrid? Like, hey, by the way, it wasn't me that betrayed them. Like, this is going to come out pretty soon. Like, (laughs) why wouldn't have he told Hagrid or told Dumbledore, hey, we switched to... Pettigrew, you know what I mean? Like, and then try to go kill Pettigrew. Well, Dumbledore knew. Dumbledore knew. I, I don't think there was time for conversation. I, I think um, he would have been shocked by what he's seen. Um, he would have been horrified by seeing their bodies, and you know that you can you can hear the emotion when he is saying this, and you can hear the guilt in his um, confession of you know he killed them. Um, He's not thinking straight. He's probably just told Hagrid keep the bike and apparated straight away because he is searching out Peter straight away. Um, he feels entirely responsible for what he has done and therefore wants to gain some redemption for himself by killing that responsibility by by um, correcting the wrong by rev- by getting you know vengeance revenge for. James and Lily because he feels like it was his mistake and he needs to fix it. Also, he'd feel terrible as well because he betrayed Remus. I still feel like he should have relayed a message to somebody. It would not have been hard to get a message to Dumbledore. He was a part but of But this the- is Sirius Black. He's not very good at relaying messages I and thinking that, very well. <laughs> but, but that's my point is that I think uh, Sirius, and obviously he does take a lot of the blame and he puts a lot of weight on himself like you said Rosie and he feels terrible about this and I think that he is totally just in doing that because I think he has a big part on Peter going into hiding for so long and the events of later on happening I think a lot of that falls on Sirius on Sirius's shoulders and because of the bad decisions that he made back when Harry was a kid so Sirius to me is is the character of the the four that has grown up the least since we see them mm-hmm. in um, Snape's worst memory. Yeah. So he's still very reckless. He's still very impulsive. Um, he's still very much trying to prove himself as the good black. Um, in in so far as being his own person rather than who um, who is expected of him. Um, so yeah, he he's very rash. He d- he doesn't think. Um, and yes, he definitely should have sent a message, but if if anyone was going to be in this situation and think, oh, I better send a message to say it wasn't me, that would be Remus. Um, that That is not something that Sirius would ever think to do. He he is very much a, a act-before-you-think kind of character. I, I mean, I guess, okay, when I was saying send a message, I guess I wasn't necessarily saying he should send a message about his own innocence, but he should send some sort of message, like... We need to find Peter Pettigrew immediately because he put all of this into action. And, and but he thinks he can do that himself. I so know, which is so arrogant, and that's I can't. That's and that is serious. That is my <laughs> biggest beef with Sirius. And this is why Lily doesn't like him <laughs> when I know. they were children. <laughs> you just gave me this wonderful. Okay, so we can't answer this question. It's a total AU. What if? Um, because uh, yeah. I was going to say, would Harry get along with Lily? 
as a teenager. But but Harry, I don't know how much Harry would be like Sirius. I think he would be even more like Sirius um, and James if he wasn't an orphan. He probably would be, wouldn't he? <laughs> yeah. I feel like there'd be some weird relationship there. Ron as having slightly more of Sirius's qualities. I think really, yeah, both, I can say that. They're both kind of action characters rather than thinky characters. I think when he's younger, like in the fifth book, where he's like, "I gotta go save Sirius," you know that type of thing. That is his young. But like yeah. when he's by the seventh book, he's matured enough to not go after the wand. You know what I mean? So I think. Harry develops, whereas exactly what you're saying, Sirius does not develop. He yeah. goes to Azkaban and has arrested development, <laughs> basically. And I think that Harry has a lot of Lily in him as well. Yeah. Despite not growing up with them, like he has a lot of heart and a lot of thought. Um, and you know, over the years, Hermione's influence on him does actually sink in, and he does think, "Oh, I better research something a bit more before I <laughs> act." Towards the end of the books. Also, I um, think Harry does often come from a place of where he's like caring about other people. Whereas I think Sirius is much more coming from the place of I want to prove myself. For sure. <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned, uh, Rosie, that Harry has a lot of Lily in him because he actually really does. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, the next, and the next thing I really want to Moving talk on. about is the, <laughs> is the blood protection. And this is obviously a thing that is prevalent through the entire series. You know, a lot of the things we'll be talking about today kind of influence other events, but the blood protection is love. It is the the thread that weaves every other story and Harry Potter together. So the first thing I thought about today when I was rereading some key scenes and my favorite chapter of all time throughout the entire series is The Lost Prophecy from Order of the Phoenix, chapter 37. And I reread that today. And Dumbledore is talking about that night and uh, and all of the events surrounding it, everything that we're talking about here. And he just says that he needed to enact the blood protection, basically, because Lily had sacrificed herself for Harry. How did he know that? There's I, I read it and reread it and read it again and again and again. And there's no evidence that shows Dumbledore would have known exactly what went down. But he would. At the house. Because how? otherwise, how would Harry be alive? He knows that Snape loves Lily. He knows that would have been the option oh, that would have been given. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, I, I mean, is that convincing enough evidence? I don't... I think Harry being alive is very convincing evidence. <laughs> <laughs> like, something has to happen. This ha- There has to be an explanation. He would have come up with that. But how, I mean, okay, Lily could have killed Voldemort. It could have rebounded off of Lily and not Harry. So why? I still don't I have understand a theory. how he comes to that conclusion. Go ahead, Rosie. Um, it's not a very nice theory, unfortunately. Oh, it's um, okay. We don't need nice <laughs> theories on this show. <laughs> um, Dumbledore is a very powerful legilimens. He can look into people's memories, including little babies that have just witnessed Aww. the deaths of their parents. Um and we know that Harry relives that moment again and again and again in his dreams. Maybe he lives that in his dreams so much because it was brought to the forefront of his mind. And yeah, so like that that moment has been framed almost as a memory that has been watched, almost like it's a you know a, a, a skybox or a TiVo box or whatever that said you've watched this memory. Um, so you know by Dumbledore accessing that memory it becomes 
a recurring one. I like that theory, but when would he have done it? On, on yeah. So as soon as he was given Harry to confirm his idea, perhaps. Okay, so before Hagrid turned up. Or once he was handed him, like oh. we we only we see it. That's a very very quick scene, but you know he could easily have snuck in a bit of magic in that conversation with McGonagall. McGonagall. Yeah, presumably. So the timeline is Hagrid picks up Harry and sees McGonagall either before or after that. Hagrid, it, it's it's not known whether he sees McGonagall before or after. I'm pretty sure it's after. Okay. Um, and but he doesn't have Harry with him, so who knows? Where Which Harry wouldn't make is sense with after, right? But um, I'm pretty sure Hagrid. I have to. I'd have to find the clip again. But I'm pretty sure McGonagall mentions running into Hagrid. So if they're all at school, because they live at Hogwarts, they are the teachers there. Um, McGonagall and Hagrid could have run into each other at Hogwarts as Hagrid is heading out to go and collect Harry. On Dumbledore's orders. Dumbledore has already left. We don't know where he went. But McGonagall can't find him and therefore has to go and wait at Privet Drive. As Hagrid goes to get Harry. But there is that entire day before Hagrid arrives with Harry at Privet Drive. Which isn't very clear. So maybe during that day Dumbledore was trying to... Was reading this poor baby's mind. (laughs) (laughs) Because, you know, um, Godric's Hollow is meant to be, where was it meant to be? Somewhere in the Midlands? It's not... Yes, middle middle of the UK, yeah. Yeah, and then Privet Drive is, like, just below London. It's not too far away from London. So that would only be, you know, an hour or two hours motorbike flight without any kind of additional powers. Um so it definitely wouldn't have taken from the day before to sunset of um, November 1st to get Harry from Godric's Hollow to uh, Privet Drive. So either Harry was sat in those in that rubble for a very long time, which is incredibly sad to think about, um, or he was somewhere else or Hagrid was looking after him in a cafe somewhere <laughs> <laughs> waiting for the, the drop-off moment. Okay, the book doesn't specify. McGonagall says it's true, they're dead. Um, After all the people he's killed, blah, blah, blah. Dumbledore says we can only guess, we may never know. And then Dumbledore goes on to say, Hagrid's late. I suppose it was he who told you I'd be here, by the way. Yes, said Professor McGonagall, and I don't suppose you're going to tell me why we're here, of all places. He goes on. Dumbledore says Hagrid's bringing him. McGonagall says, "Uh, you think it wise to trust Hagrid is something as important as this? And... Dumbledore says, I would trust Hagrid with my life. Hagrid's first words are, borrowed it, Professor Dumbledore, sir. Young Sirius Black lent it to me. I've got him, sir. So that would imply that Hagrid saw McGonagall, got the motorbike, got Harry, 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Went there. But it, that could not have taken an entire Maybe day. Sirius went to Hogwarts to try and send a message and couldn't find Dumbledore. So then went to see uh, Peter. <laughs> yeah, I think you're giving him too much credit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I guess we've circled around and around and around this. I... I there are missing hours in this story. We don't know where Harry and Hagrid were. Um, but I, I do think, you know, it's a possibility that even in that scene that we do see with um, the three of them and, and the baby on Privet Drive steps, that uh, that um, Dumbledore could have easily confirmed his theory, at least in that moment. Right. So, th but wouldn't he have already... There have been a lot of theories about the fact that Dumbledore was setting up the blood magic during that time after he yeah. told Hagrid to go get Harry. So perhaps he didn't know for sure, but he was setting it up to be ready and prepared for it just in case. And then he just deduced that that's what happened. Um, I don't Maybe believe it was ever... pre-agreed with Lily? Maybe. And I don't believe we've ever had confirmation about what happened to James and Lily's wands. Correct. So Dumbledore may have gone back. Uh, I wonder how long memories live inside of a dead person. That's even creepier than my idea. Is, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's oh. a Halloween episode. We can be a little creepy. Okay. <laughs> I don't think he would have tampered with the bodies. I think that's incredibly disrespectful. Um, but Sirius or Snape kind of like as he was dying cried out a memory. I don't know. That's probably not the same. Yeah, it, no, you know, it's, it's film canon that Snape finds Lily's body and is there crying over it. So Snape could have also Snape is also a very powerful Angelimans. He could have find, found out what was happened from Harry in his crib in that moment and then gone to Dumbledore. Does Snape go to the house in the book? It's not confirmed in the book, but we see it in film canon, right, which yeah. we know Joe influenced. Yeah. I won't take it to heart unless there's something in the book. Um, <laughs> um, is it mentioned in in Snape's um, last memories scene? I don't believe so. I don't believe he goes to the house. 
If she means so much to you, surely Lord Voldemort will spare her. Could you not ask for mercy for the mother in exchange for the son? I have, I have asked him. You disgust me, said Dumbledore. And Harry had never heard so much contempt in his voice. Snape seemed to shrink a little. Um, I thought you were going to keep her safe. She and James put their faith in the wrong person. Rather like you, Severus. Weren't you hoping that Lord Voldemort would spare her? Her boy survives, said Dumbledore. Her son lives. He has her eyes. Precisely her eyes. You remember the shape and colour of Lily Evans' eyes, I'm sure. Don't gone dead. Is this remorse serious? That's yeah, there's <laughs> there's no mentions at all of him going to the house, so I don't think no. that Snape would have anything to do with convincing Dumbledore that Lily had sacrificed herself. Yeah, it doesn't, um, and that scene doesn't really make it clear um, what time of day it is. It doesn't say um, whether Harry had already been taken to Privet Drive when Snape goes to see Dumbledore. Um, so, yeah, Although it's... that may be a part of the missing 12 hours. It if Dumbledore be. is researching the blood magic and Snape shows up, that could be... Uh, that seems very plausible to me, that he has that conversation with Snape at Hogwarts. And that could be the confirmation he needs of the blood magic as well. The fact that he actually did ask Voldemort to try and spare her. That could be the, the theory. It could be. Mm-hmm. It could be. A little bit of redemption for Severus Snape. I suppose. I'll throw him a bone. And I guess since we're talking about Snape, we'll, uh, we'll talk about this too. And we, t- we mentioned, you know, that moment where Dumbledore, uh, not Dumbledore, uh, Lord Voldemort offers to spare Lily. And did he really do that for Snape? Or do we think that he had some sort of alternate plans for her? And what I thought about today is where Malfoy, when he first meets Harry, is trying to befriend him because, as Joe has come out and said on Pottermore, Malfoy has fed into the legend that Harry is an, is going to be the next dark wizard. That he's going to be almighty and powerful, and that's why Draco wants to be friends with him so bad. So was, was Voldemort perhaps having secret plans for Lily? Did he maybe want to... Uh, of course, he was relying on the prophecy mostly and wanted to destroy him. But if Lily had, in fact, um, decided to kind of come to the dark side, would would Lord Voldemort have some sort of other plan for Harry as opposed to trying to just defeat and kill him? I think that rumor just came about like afterwards because he survived. I, I don't really think before that. like Because the, the prophecy says he's going to defeat the Dark Lord. So even if he could have been let's say, an even darker wizard? It Actually, it doesn't say he is going to defeat the Dark Lord. It says he has the power to defeat the Dark Lord, which is To vanquish different. the Dark Lord, even. Yeah. 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 Which um, is worse than Which doesn't than necessarily defeat. say he will, but it says that he has the power, and therefore Voldemort would be able to sway that power to his side if he really wanted to, but he didn't interpret it in that way. Um, <laughs> but an interesting thing about that is Voldemort chose Harry because of how much he recognized himself in Harry. Um, and we've we've talked about this before, but Snape is that generation in the middle. Snape is also half-blood. He's also Slytherin. He also had kind of a dodgy relationship with his parents. If there is this trust between Voldemort and Snape, does Voldemort perhaps see himself reflected in Snape as well and therefore 
consider him one of his closest allies or consider you know doing this favor for him because he considers snape to be like himself in some way voldemort considers himself to be like snape or the other way around yes both so voldemort considers snape to be like voldemort um like tom riddle and and therefore when he asks when snape asks to spare harry's mother you've got this mother link again so you've got um voldemort and his mother and that connection you've got snape um being half-blood and having a, a wizarding mother who do we think that she does she die snape's mother died relatively i early, don't I think. know if we have confirmation of that i don't believe she's no, dead fair enough. okay um but we've got someone asking to for to save a mother basically which is something that voldemort would have wanted or tom riddle would have wanted he didn't want his mother to have died and considers her weak and therefore would perhaps spare a mother. I think you're giving Voldemort too much credit. Like probably. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but I he like does hesitate. Theory. He does give her this choice. We know that for a fact. Yeah, but I think he'd probably be using it as blackmail for Snape for like however long. I think Voldemort thinks of like purely in terms of you know power. What can I get over someone? And he thinks, well, seriously, well, Snape's going to be indebted to me forever for this. Like, I, I think that's motivation enough for me, but yeah. I like to think... I think it's just such a... Lord Voldemort does not understand love to think that any mother would step aside and let him kill her son. Like, you know, like, he does not understand yeah. human yeah. compassion or nature or love or anything. I can't find a death date for Snape's mother, so I, I would say assume she's alive. That's weird. I don't know, just think of Snape's mom being alive. I yeah, and the whole idea of him being alone in Spinner's End in in um, a Muggle place, like I I would have assumed that his parents have definitely died at least by his adulthood. Um, I think his father's dead. Mm. I I feel I, it seems like all of the Marauders eras people like because James and Lily's parents are both dead. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, they were just that conveniently was for out convenience, of the way, basically. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think it does speak to, to Voldemort's lack of a mother. Merope's sacrifice for him in in staying alive only as far as to, to get him to the orphanage and, and then, you know, leaving him. Um, he sees that as a mother abandoning her child. Um, and therefore he doesn't see why anyone's mother would not abandon their children um and that's why he thinks that lily Lily would step aside so then let's flip the scenario because this i thought about this a lot today as well while doing my research is what if james had died after lily would he have had blood protection as well could he have possibly lived if James was, say, upstairs with Harry and Lily was downstairs and Voldemort said, get out of my way. I don't think, but Voldemort wouldn't have given James that option. He wouldn't have said, get out of my way. He would have just been like, Avada Kedavra. You know what I mean? Like, Right, I know, but I'm saying if he encountered Lily first and James second. Oh, I see I what you're saying. Lily's... James doesn't have Lily's blood, so the blood protection wouldn't work. 
it only works for Harry because they yeah, share DNA. But would James have survived? Like he might not have this blood protection, but he would still because have Lily sacrifice. Doesn't Harry protect everyone by dying? Oh yeah, Harry is sacrificed. Yeah, that bit's still complicated right. at school. So Lily could have know. protected James. <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting thought. Oh, James could have survived. I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> but but could he have? I mean, but I... then why doesn't James's sacrifice? Oh, because for... he didn't have the option. That's the he thing. didn't I have a choice. Lily the option, right? And it's very clear. That's yeah. So would he have given Lily the option if if she had been the first person he encountered? Because surely then, like James would go and run to protect Lily. But if you just imagine them reversed places, I always pictured, and I'm pretty sure the the text supports this, that James was downstairs in the living room, encountered yeah. him first, and then Voldemort think... went upstairs, right? I think in that situation, Lily, so in in the way it does play out, James is downstairs, Lily is upstairs in, in the nursery. Um, when you hear a door crash open downstairs, this is going to be, I don't know, this, this sounds kind of gender stereotypical and I'm, I apologize for that already. <laughs> um, Lily, as the mother, her first thought is protect the child and therefore she stays with him and would try and hide with him um if the roles were reversed and lily was downstairs and james was upstairs i think james's impulse would be to leave the room and go downstairs and fight so you think that hide harry and this isn't a bad thing or anything you think that his love for lily is probably stronger than his love for harry well, no, I, I think his his way of protecting Harry and Lily would be to rush into the fight and try and stop Voldemort from getting up to him rather than through a, a more thought kind of thought out right. hide he the baby situation. He would just be blasting in. Ready. Yeah, it's kind of the whole um, testosterone mix with adrenaline go and fight yeah, situation but, rather than but that doesn't really matter i mean yeah. what matters is whether lily had enough time to sacrifice herself before james got down the stairs probably she would have yeah and therefore james would have had the same protection that harry does and therefore they would both still be alive but voldemort might not have given lily the option if he could hear james with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Running into the room, because you would be able to hear someone running down the stairs. I guess it depends on how much he wants to blackmail Snape. And it depends, I think that depends too on how uh, stealthily James tried to come down the stairs. Because Voldemort didn't necessarily know, I'm, I'm sure he assumed that they were both home. But for all we know, James had to run to get bread because you can't conjure food out of nowhere. So he had to go get bread for dinner. And so he had stepped out. He didn't know exactly who was home. He was probably watching and probably had some sort of idea. Um, 
Although they have all been in hiding for at least a week and probably haven't left the house. Probably. They'll probably have I'm sure somebody it. else brought them the bread. Owl post. Just follow the owls. <laughs> Could I take this a step further and say, would James have become a horcrux <laughs> if the, the spell had rebounded on James? Yeah. That would be bizarre. Then <laughs> oh. James is walking around speaking Parseltown. Oh. So then the prophecy, the child with the power to vanquish the Dark Lord, does that refer to Voldemort's original fall or his second fall? Because if it's the vanquishing Dark Lord in that particular moment on Halloween, then that prophecy will not be fulfilled by James becoming the Horcrux, and he wouldn't have marked him as his equal um, in terms of a physical mark. So the prophecy would be unfulfilled if James right. I were always... a Horcrux. Right. But, it had to be Harry in this but situation. But the other thing is, do prophecies have to be fulfilled? Because I thought that was one of the things with J.K. Rowling, like, the Hall of Prophecy, half of them aren't fulfilled. Right. No, you're right. Just throwing that out there. child stuff, too. But we'll stay away. <laughs> but I think it's the... Because the prophecy is kind of telling you that this series of events will happen. Um, and you can prevent that series of events from happening if you know what that series of events are and therefore work to prevent it from happening. Um, so it's like intervening in a, in a, in a timeline. Um, and that timeline is what has been predicted and, and recorded in the prophecy. Unless you For... believe that um, prophecies are self-fulfilling then you should probably yeah. just ignore it and go live in your life. Yes. Um, but I. So whether it's self-fulfilling or whether you have to intervene to change, um, they would have needed to know the order of events in order to prevent it. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because, so no matter what order they arrived in, unless they had done something to say okay i have to be first in order to protect you both um harry would always have been marked because of that prophecy right and i'm not sure because nobody and i'm pretty sure i read this today in an interview with joe saying that this had never happened before so they had no idea about blood protection or any of that dumbledore had only read something or had an inkling about it i don't remember her exact words but this isn't something that they could have ever possibly planned for or thought may have happened or any of that. And also... And I think that comes into the power of the kind of unforgivables, the fact that they are so rarely used. We see them so often in this book, but um, that's only because of we have this very extreme situation. Right. There, there wouldn't be another situation where a mother would be able to put herself in front of a killing curse. And this is totally off topic, but I'm so looking forward to Fantastic Beasts for that exact reason, is there's not going to be Avada Kedavra's thrown around every five seconds. Just saying. Hopefully, if they've done it right. Hopefully. <laughs> right, exactly. Maybe. So then, okay, so we brought up we brought up the Horcrux, and that's definitely something that I think we need to talk about. And, you know, the, quote, accidental Horcrux. And first off, can we really even truly call it a Horcrux? I know that that's the word that's used because it's easy and it's simple, but let's define a horcrux and then decide if what Harry is fits that definition. So a horcrux is a section of someone's soul that is um, residing within a vessel um, in order to keep it alive. Okay, so in that, if, in that respect, Harry's a horcrux. However, you have to make a horcrux by a murder and there are a certain 
uh, Joe has said there is a spell in a certain th- order of events. She won't tell us what, which is good. Nobody needs to know. Um, that actually contains it in the vessel and makes it a horcrux. So if you include all of that, does she Harry say is not that it has to be done after the murder? Could the murder be the thing that seals it? Like, say there's a spell that is done before the murder. That's how I've always envisioned it. That whatever terrible thing you're supposed to do happens before the murder. And then and then the murder takes place. So, so Voldemort would have had that, like, ready to go, if that makes sense. We could certainly assume that. However, he would have wanted the, Harry, the murder of Harry to be the one that seals the Horcrux. And... Then the only two people that actually died that night are James and Lily, because Voldemort did not die. He didn't die. He lost his body, but he didn't die. So there really wasn't a murder that Voldemort would have wanted to use, because they the two of them weren't significant enough. That has been said. So we know that the, the creation of a Horcrux is a quite involved process. Um it's not just about a murder. It, it, it sounds like there's, you know, there's a ritual or something that needs to go with it. Um, so I had always assumed that Voldemort intended to make a Horcrux that night and therefore had done all of that ritual and had, all, had it all prepared and all that was waiting was for this kind of final... Um, the murder and the ceiling. Right. The, yeah, the, the, splitting, the splitting of the soul and, and therefore putting it into the vessel. Um, the splitting of the soul happens that night because of deaths, because of murders. Um, I don't think it's necessarily something that you get to choose. Um, perhaps like, you know, it, it symbolically, yes, it would have been the murder of Harry. Um, and then he would have chosen to, to put, like he would have physically chosen to put that piece of soul into a vessel. Um, and it would have been after that moment. So it would have symbolically worked. Um, but the the soul was already split that night and therefore he had a piece of soul that was already split and therefore when the body died it latched on thanks to the horcrux ritual to the vessel it wouldn't necessarily have been harry but that was the available vessel to it so kind of the nearest nearest thing yeah i thought the idea was with horcrux that every time you killed someone your soul does split, but the only thing with the Horcrux is that you actually take that, your, your soul can't go back together again because you actually take that part out of yourself. But any act yeah, of Yeah, so that was the kind of preparation you. bit was, I have created this nice shiny email bit ready for the, this, this soul attachment. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the attachment is prepared when you murder someone that night um, and you then choose to click send, um, but because the AK rebounded, um, he misclicked and it fired anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so then... Okay. How's that for a metaphor? <laughs> so I don't disagree with any of that. I do think that there was preparations done before. And I do think that with the quote, murder and the rebounding of the curse, that the piece of soul split and it, and it stuck. I mean, that is confirmed. That has happened. But there... Okay, so if there were preparations done ahead of time, Voldemort would have had an object. And I know that we have no idea what this object is, but it's the assumption that it was um, something significant to him, quite possibly something of Gryffindor's that he found that nobody knew about, or something relating to to Harry, or something else from his past. We don't exactly know what. 
wouldn't that have been with him? And wouldn't that have been prepared to receive the peace of soul? Yeah, unless you can, unless he could have done the murder and then returned to his wherever to create and like dragged the piece of broken soul behind you. (laughs) Well, it's still in it's still inside of him, and like his soul is split. Yes, but it's still part of him until he chooses to put it somewhere. The only reason why it 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 shattered and did did its own thing was because his body was destroyed. So the ghostly part that remained of him that went to Albania and that went and found. Um, Quirrell eventually had no physical form with which to actually place that other fractured piece of soul within something. So the Horcrux ritual, whatever it was, did that for him and attached it to the nearest thing, which in this case was Harry. So let me play devil's advocate for a minute and say, just let's pretend that he had it with him. Um, Because I feel like if he didn't have it with him, he would have gone back to get it once he had a body or sent Wormtail to get it eventually. And we probably would have learned about it. Like, oh, this was meant to be for you or something. Before you know? or after? Yeah. After. After. Okay. Yeah, but he, does, he hasn't met Nagini by this point. But okay, I have a weird question. Can you make wands into Horcruxes? I don't see why not. I So I think you have to create a receptacle that can house a piece of soul, and that is part of the ritual. So if um, if he did have an intended object that he has created this kind of receptacle aspect of, um, he would either need to have that with him or have it somewhere that he would later put that piece of soul into. That's why it latches onto Harry, because a, a, a human body already has the um, ability to hold a piece of soul, because everyone has a soul um and that's why it latches onto harry um so in order for a one to be a horcrux or for any item to be a horcrux you would need to create this kind of soul connection to it so yes a one should be able to if, as long as you've chosen for it to i don't know that's my theory if we're looking for the receptacle his own wand that is why not i don't know i, I think, think Ollivander would probably buy into that theory and agree with you uh, I don't know how likely it is because it's easy for a wand to be... Okay, not easy, but it's possible for a wand to be taken from its owner. So I don't know how I don't likely... think Voldemort would ever consider that of himself. <laughs> I know that, but I do think that... I think that he would think about the safekeeping of an object. But equally, you know, his diary, the fact that he left the ring in the old house, he... he, I, he um. Yes, he would, and and this would be something that he keeps with him as well. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, if if this was to be his final Horcrux, um, and he wanted it to be nearby, so that if if he ever was killed, that piece of soul was nearby, his one would be the perfect choice because then, if he is killed, his nearest piece of soul is in his hand. Um. So essentially, he could start rejoining himself straight away. If you can do that. Presumably that's how Horcruxes work, is that you can take those pieces of soul and become them eventually. Yeah. And also he's just not very I mean, like the as I think Dumbledore says, like the diary he's very cavalier about like his Horcruxes. It's really bizarre. Well, isn't the reason that he his body is not a thing during this. The reason why he didn't die from the rebounding was because of his Horcruxes. Right? So correct yes 
Right. They are grounding him to earth. They, so they keep him... In, in that in that way, it's... That the murder of himself... That was kind of my theory, was the murder of himself was the reason why a horcrux was made, if that makes sense. Because the only reason he didn't die was because he already had horcruxes. <laughs> right, but he didn't die, therefore he wasn't murdered. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. <laughs> <laughs> Only his body was killed. Yeah, because his, his piece of soul that lived on was not actually killed. And in the Harry Potter universe, to die, your body has to die and your soul. Yeah, so every single piece of your soul has to be killed in order to die so nothing yeah i understand what you're saying and it's a little bit of like a weird circle kind of like time <laughs> i guess it's kind of like a purgatory aspect isn't it like mm, yeah y you cannot die whilst you are fractured but you also cannot live neither can live while the other survives uh. um <laughs> okay so last thing here and we've kind of already touched on it but I think it deserves a much deeper conversation. And is that it is that missing 12, 24 hours, depending on how the timeline works out. And I really want to talk about where we think a few key characters were. Obviously, we know where Sirius was. And we've discussed this. He was getting framed for the murder of the Muggles and being carted off to Azkaban by Cornelius Fudge. However, and this struck me big today, as I was rereading chapters, it wasn't mentioned on the news that there was a big gas explosion because Vernon watches the news that morning and you feel like that probably would have been on the news. I've always seen that as happening as at, like simultaneously to Harry being dropped off. Um, so Hagrid has borrowed the motorcycle um, and has been... Um, going to Privet Drive as Sirius is, is tracking down Peter and P and he doesn't find Peter until after Harry is handed Cause, over. Because they would have, I feel like McGonagall and Dumbledore would have been like, oh yeah, Sirius, that, can't believe he did that, you know, because. Yeah, it will take him a while to, to actually find Peter and to attack him. So Peter's supposed death would be November 1st, 2nd or 3rd. Wait, so you think that, hmm, but it was definitely during the day. That it happened. Yeah, so Sirius hasn't... So when Harry is handed over to the Dursleys, Sirius hasn't found Peter yet. He is looking for Peter. Um, and he tracks him down either... Probably November 2nd. Um, yeah, so once Harry is actually already safe at Privet Drive, 
Hagrid goes to try and return the bike and can't find Sirius because he is searching for Peter. So it takes him an entire day and a half to find Pettigrew? Well, yeah, why not? I don't see any problem with that. I don't know if I believe that. Not like they're texting. Because if, 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 if Sirius is, is that impulsive and... Uh, I guess... Uh, but Peter will know that Sirius is looking for him as well. Like, And they, they've all been hiding from Voldemort for a while. I suppose... He's, Peter's not going to go back to his house. Sirius already looked for him there as well. <laughs> I don't know. Peter might be that stupid. <laughs> oh, no, it's it's almost that amazing that Sirius found him at all, if you think of it like that. Yeah. I think, well, I mean, wasn't he, was he in a rat form? That he was waiting for Sirius to find him and for that exact scene to play out. Because otherwise, he needed to set Sirius up that otherwise Sirius is just going to say here's what happened and they're going to look into his brain and they are going to look at his memories and they're going to say okay Pettigrew's a fugitive let's find him yeah and so so, in which case Peter would have wanted maximum impact in which case he would have waited for the day he would have waited for Sirius to find him I disagree I think that he would have (laughs) set himself up way out in the open and Sirius would have found him immediately I think that that Pettigrew would have wanted to nip that in the bud and get it taken care of ASAP. But if it doesn't make a scene, then it's Sirius's word against Peter's. Like he wants, he wants the maximum impact. He wants Sirius to definitely go down for it and no one to check. So he needs to kill as many Muggles as possible. He needs to um, make it a massive event. No, I agree with that. But what I mean is that I don't think he would have been hiding for two days. I think that he would have found a spot ASAP and kind of been there and set some clues so that Sirius could find him incredibly easily and that it wouldn't have taken more than a couple of hours. I don't know. I think Peter would have... In which case it would have happened concurrently with with Harry being handed over. So it would have been evening of November the 1st. I think it could go either way. Possibly, but it does take time to think. Like, Peter wouldn't have immediately been like, oh, Voldemort's dead. This is what I have to do. This is what's going to happen. Like, okay, I need to figure this out. Like, yeah, would, yeah, yeah. It would st- he didn't take know a little what, bit of um, time to figure that out. Like, I, I think, you know, taking a day to figure that out is not unreasonable. And if the plan had worked and Voldemort had survived, he wouldn't necessarily have needed to be killed. He would have, um, you know, Sirius would have been taken down. Voldemort would have been powered even further. He, and he would, you know, the, the fight would go on. Peter could then go on to Voldemort's side. He wouldn't need to be the double crosser anymore. I guess. I, I guess just um, for me, I'm thinking about the person that we know Pettigrew is. He's self-serving. He always has another backup plan. He always has something else in his back pocket that serves himself. And yeah, I th- so I think his his plan would have been to go into rat form and go into hiding. He wouldn't necessarily have needed to do anything else. Sirius could have said, yeah, it was Peter, and Peter just becomes someone else, or becomes a rat for a long time, um, until Voldemort makes it safe for him to be himself again. Um, I I don't think that he was intending to get caught, but this, the murder of the Muggles, would have been his backup plan in case he was tracked down. I think Sirius was happened. getting close. He realised what he needed to do, and that's when like, he decided on the murder. Like, like on the mass murder. Like, yeah, I, I don't think that Peter just came up with that off his own back. I think he would have been like under pressure. 
Hmm. I guess I'm giving Pettigrew the benefit of the doubt here because I do think that he would have come up with that because I see him as the Mundungus of the group and somebody who always has something else up his sleeve and that is... He's much more nervous than Mundungus, I would have thought. That is true and that's mostly why I believe that he would have a plan like that because one, he wouldn't want his name sullied even if he was going in um into cover or whatever he wouldn't have wanted himself to be associated with Voldemort in any way shape or form so I think he would have wanted his name cleared and Sirius to take 1000% of the fall Mm, I don't know I think if he was going to betray his friends and if he really believed that Voldemort was going to go into power he wouldn't mind being associated with him that all makes sense you know by this point he's gone too far yeah but there's no way he would have foreseen Voldemort was going to you know um well not die be vanquished or whatever like um exactly so he wouldn't have needed to that's why to that's why the time is in there because he has to have time to figure out what to do next which may have been to i still think that it, i still i still i still really think that he had a backup plan yeah but i just don't think it was quite as cut and dry as like i'm going to frame Sirius for the murder of 14 muggles no I uh, suppose we could argue about it all day. But, uh, <laughs> get to hear what the listeners what we'll get to hear what the listeners think, uh, and see you know what they uh, how they feel about the whole situation. So then, the next person I wanted to touch on was Hagrid, because all we know that he does is he sees McGonagall, and he picks up Harry, and he flies. That's it. Is that really all he does? Just like Rosie said, does he take him to a cafe and they like have lunch? <laughs> does does Hagrid perhaps take Harry to get medical care? Maybe. Um, Maybe they go. To I mean, I could see him day. taking him to Dumbledore. But wouldn't there be some sort of record? Dumbledore doesn't see Harry until that evening. That's been confirmed. Because he says, "Meet me at Grimald or at a uh, God um, Privet Drive." Privet Drive. Thank you. Later <laughs> that evening, he says. I've been that, in that all day, <laughs> Yeah, so so Hagrid and Dumbledore have arranged a time because Dumbledore says Hagrid's late. Um, so ha- Hagrid knows that he has to be with Harry at Privet Drive at seven o'clock, whenever it is. Um, so it depends on when he goes to get Harry. Um, and for all we know, you know, they don't go to the scene of whatever it is until the morning. They don't actually know it's happened until... No, because um, it says that Dumbledore um, set up a charm and he knows immediately what happened and he sends Hagrid immediately. So Hagrid goes, the attack happens At around night. midnight and Hagrid goes immediately. Do we, and, but we know that McGonagall watches Vernon all day mm-hmm. and that Dumbledore arrives in the early evening because the lights are coming on mm-hmm. it's getting dark mm-hmm. so it has to be you know around seven o'clock so yeah so hagrid pre- presumably has 18 hours to fill with harry if he's gone to go if it's around midnight away. doesn't voldemort like almost kill a little kid out trick-or-treating right before i feel like it would have been even earlier in the evening which gives it i mean it just makes more time <laughs> But, uh, no, you're right. I don't know if that happens immediately before he goes in there, but I do remember him having a commentary about that moment. No, no need, he says. Perhaps he sits there and watches them for a while. 
I know he's a jerk. <laughs> so then, if we if we think about Saint Mungo's, there would be some sort of record if Harry had gone there on that evening. Unfortunately, we don't have access to the Wizarding Medical Records today. I mean, Harry <laughs> may have just been trying to calm Harry down. Like, Harry could have been going apeshit for the last 12 hours. I mean, little kids are crazy like that. Equally, Hagrid could have been trying to calm himself down. He was Lily and James's <laughs> friend. And, and we're also assuming that Hagrid had Harry all day. Which we don't necessarily know is true. We assume that it's true, and it's probably true, but we don't know. Well, where else Hagrid we could go? go get ha- go and get Harry. Bring it. Bring him to Dumbledore in Hogwarts, and then Dumbledore has to leave. So he says, "Look after Harry. Bring him to Privet Drive at seven o'clock." <laughs> and therefore, Hagrid has to come from Scotland all the way down to London on the motorbike. <laughs> no, that wouldn't work. <laughs> no, I think especially because I think. Because of the motorbike, Hagrid has to have come from Godric's Hollow with the baby to go to Privet Drive. There was no meeting up with Dumbledore in between. Because otherwise Dumbledore wouldn't say, where did you get the motorbike? <laughs> yeah. Right, exactly. Did they go to any of the like crazy like celebratory party- parties on the way down? I feel like that's a very Hagrid <laughs> thing to do. Yeah. Hagrid stopped I and had a few pints. But with the baby, yeah. like or, lifting it up. It's Harry Potter Day. <laughs> Right. This is Harry Potter. Yeah. He, I think he would have known that he would needed to kept him secret. Yeah, it was a Dumbledore mission and Hagrid yeah. respects Dumbledore above all else, so maybe it just because you know, if they are in Scotland and yes, Hagrid is sent to go and get Harry straight away, but getting from Scotland to Godric's Hollow when you're Hagrid Yeah. Might take a while. Maybe he didn't fly the whole way. Maybe it well, was... he wouldn't. He wouldn't get the motorbike until he gets to Godric Hollow. So he would oh, need to. And he can't use magic. He'd have to like be taking a train or something. Yeah, or if he's using a Thestral, then I he, think you've he, uncovered he'd have it. No Rosie. need of a motorbike. So Although Hagrid it just, doesn't, it takes him a while to get to Godric Hollow in the first place. I'm pretty sure Hagrid says he doesn't ride the Thestrals, right? Yes, because he's a giant, so that wouldn't work. Yeah. Right. <laughs> There is, I mean, um, Hagrid manages to disappear on Harry in King's Cross because Harry turns around and he's not there at one point when he's asking for where nine, where nine and three quarters is. So Hagrid does have the ability to. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Disappear, but I don't think he would know how to apparate because he was. Um, right. Expelled before that lesson would have been taught to him. 
Although I have a feeling he knows quite a bit of illegal magic. Yeah. But I, I don't think he would be able to transport himself particularly quickly. So then Rosie's uncovered it. That uh, that day, Hagrid spent on the train. <laughs> uh, from Scotland. yeah. Godric's Hollow, which is probably, what, six to eight hours. I'm sure that's definitely what happened. He used the map of uh, on Dumbledore's <laughs> knee of the underground and figured out how to get there. And whatever. So, yeah, whatever practicality, I think it would have taken him a while to actually get to Godric's Hollow. So I think... You know, it, it could have well been, you know, dawn at least um, by the time he got there. And and that would be when Sirius turned up as well and saw what was going on. I don't know. I imagine that Sirius and Hagrid would have gotten there around the same time. Because otherwise Sirius would have run off. Yeah, but it has before been Hagrid said got the chance that to meet Sirius him. was there. Maybe Sirius after. stayed with Harry for some until somebody came and got him maybe but Sirius would have just You're taken right. Harry if he got there first You're right. you know he would have he would have just yeah. taken and I think him. he said that too didn't he, he try to convince Hagrid to step up let him yeah yeah let me yes. take him I so do believe so yeah mm-hmm. but Hagrid had to take him to Dumbledore right and that's why he gave him the bike because Sirius wanted he said I don't need to... this anymore because he knew he was going to go and kill Pettigrew You'll commit so the murder rough. you were imprisoned for. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So let's wrap up with Dumbledore. Definitely partying. Um, besides <laughs> the partying, yeah. Getting drunk on that mil- uh, that mulled wine. Yeah. Um, so it depends on how many of the theories Dumbledore was starting at that moment. So he has to try and work out what happened to Voldemort because there is supposedly no dead body left behind. He has to work out... Do you think he goes to the house? I think he's starting to think about Horcruxes. um, And he's trying to think about how Voldemort would have survived. Because he is certain that Voldemort will return. Um, So it it may be that he starts out on his journey of collecting memories and things on that day. I think he probably visits the house. I think he probably goes to see what, what happened. In which case, why send Hagrid? Because he can't be burned into with a baby. So he just let Harry sit there in the rubble for 12 hours? I think he goes after Hagrid. I don't think he goes immediately after, but I think at some point he sees Hagrid. He says, go get the baby. He does some research. Like he pulls a Gandalf and goes to the library for 12 years and looks up things about the ring and then goes and acts on it. I don't think Dumbledore likes Godric's Hollow. He might not have gone. I don't either. I don't think he has been there since his sister died. That's a good point. And I don't think he would go back there. I don't know. I th- don't you think he'd have to? I think from like sheer curiosity, like he he would have to go back. He would need to know, like especially if there was any chance that he would be able to find a Horcrux there. So he doesn't know exactly what's happened by that. He point. doesn't think about. He doesn't know about Horcruxes until Harry. He doesn't him. know about. No, yeah. he's just starting on his theory. I don't think he would be able to... He was not seeking Horcruxes at that moment. Oh, uh, I didn't mean, like, seeking them, but, you know, like, there's definitely... I mean, the point... Look, there would be evidence. There would be something possibly there to go off. Like, he knows there's a mystery kind of thing. Yeah, but I don't think he would visit the house on the day. I don't. I don't think he would find anything in that scene that would particularly help him in any respect. I think he... 
in terms of what he's trying to achieve in this moment, which is securing Harry's safety and making sure that um, things are in motion to bring about I don't know. I do think he okay. already had a theory about Horcruxes and had them in the back of his mind because every time he saw Tom Riddle, he looked so deteriorated. If you remember that from all the memories before, um, so I do think that that was kind of already in the back of his mind. And then when this happened, he moved forward on that theory and tried to figure out because, like Rosie said, he said Voldemort will be back. Like he knew Voldemort would be back, and I'm pretty sure that he it's because he suspected Horcruxes the whole time. And I do think that conversation between Snape and Dumbledore about Lily's death happens during that 24 hours. I, I think it happens I at agree. Hogwarts during yeah, that's the day. True. Most definitely. Because so Dumbledore think, yeah, would be Dumbledore is probably doing research at Hogwarts, yeah. I think that's where he is until 7 o'clock. And he's doing the blood protection magic, too. Yes. Mm-hmm. And writing, a le- and writing letters to Petunia. <laughs> Gotta get that handwriting perfect. Remember the last. I, I still get hung up on this whole blood protection thing because if Harry manages to protect people at Hogwarts because he says he died for oh, them in that final battle, he didn't do any blood protection magic or anything to do that. So is it just Dumbledore needs to do something to prolong it, to make it last until he turns 17? Or... Is that part like I think he's probably researching it. I don't well, think he's necessarily doing anything to influence. Maybe he had to do something to make exists. it work with Petunia's blood and not just Lily. I don't know. I don't know. It's too complicated. I don't think Joe knows either. <laughs> I think Joe knows. But wasn't that the protection was in Harry's blood? So it's already there. It's just that living with Petunia strengthens it. Yeah, so so, like, I think that Dumbledore is probably spending that day searching very old books, trying to find out anything he could know about potential protective blood magic. Well, almost two hours in, and I think we have done incredible justice to the events that happened 35 years ago on Halloween in uh, 1981. And I hope that the listeners got some really wonderful things out of that, and I truly look forward to hearing your comments about everything we discussed and you know how to do that over at alohamora.mongolnet.com leave them and we'll read them out on a recap episode um next week oh this was good i think this was good and I'm, I'm really glad that this came along at like a big anniversary it's exciting i, I like when that happens yeah so listeners remember to raise your wands in memory of lily and james on halloween uh this monday And all that remains for us to do is thank our fabulous guest. Amy, thank you so much for being on. We hope you enjoyed discussing this um, momentous occasion with us. Oh my gosh, I did so much. You made a dream come true. I loved it. Thank you guys so much for having me. Good. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us, everybody. Give her a clap. Oh, I didn't get to sing my... Thank you. All the listeners are clapping for you, too. I didn't get to sing my parody, but they should look up that. (laughs) Um, We'll put it at the end of the episode. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) And speaking of the end of the episode, we want to let you guys know that our next topic is going to be a big one. It's very exciting and we are really super looking forward to it. We've been talking about doing this topic ever since we started talking about doing topics, I don't know, about six months ago. And it is going to be disabilities in the wizarding world. And that will come out in two weeks from today. So definitely be on the lookout for that. It's going to be 
a really good one. I think there's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot to talk about. It could probably be 12 episodes, but it's going to be at least one for now. Yeah. And if you guys have a topic like disabilities in the wizarding world um, that you think we absolutely need to discuss, please, please, please go to the topic submit page on the main site and suggest what it should be. Um, if you have a set of Apple headphones and a microphone, you know, uh, you're all set. You can join us on your chosen topic um, and you can help discuss the fantastic detail um, of the wizarding world. Um, no extra fancy equipment needed, just your brains and your mouths and something to record your ideas. <laughs> and in the meantime, if you want to keep in touch with us, you can find us on Twitter at AlohomoraMN, Facebook.com slash Open the Dumbledore. Of course, our website is alohomora.mugglenet.com. And don't forget that you can always send us an owl over on Audioboom. It's in the right-hand menu over at our website, alohomora.mugglenet.com. Keep your message under 60 seconds and you could hear yourself on the show. And thank you again one last time to our fabulous Patreon sponsor for today's episode. Um, that was Aisha Hawkins. Thank you so much. You guys as well could sponsor us over on Patreon. It's patreon.com forward slash Alohomora. You can sponsor us for as low as a dollar a month. And there are some fantastic perks on there that you can um, check out, including our next fantastic perk. Um, which is actually Michael doing one of his amazing readings of a uh, Harry Potter extract of your choice, I believe. Um, it is $15 a month and it is incredibly cool. Uh, Michael is, is like, he is fantastic. If he could read the books to me, I would listen to them over and over again. Um, so I, I will pay for that. I, I went to visit him in Austin last month in Texas and we went to a bookstore and no joke, we sat there for 45 minutes and I made him read Harry Potter to me. Not like I made him <laughs> and twisted his arm, but that's all we did is sat there. I listened to his um, Tale of Three Brothers do, like so many times. He needs to do like all yeah, of those extra books because Jim Dale hasn't done them. So he could just go do them. Yeah. This is true. Yeah. <laughs> he could. But in the meantime, you guys can all go over there and get that perk and it will be like a fun little Google Hangout and Michael will read to you for, we're not exactly sure how long. It's going to be up to Michael because it's his time. But um, I know that I personally will definitely be donating to that because I want to be there. <laughs> I want to be there. Yep. So all that remains for us to say is that I am Rosie Morris. I'm Eleanor Harrison Dengue. And I'm Kat Miller. Thank you for listening to episode 205 of Alohomora. Open the 24 hour long Dumbledore. <laughs> So there's a there was a crazy theory too, and I definitely wanted to bring this up and talk about this. And this was before, um, I think it was right after Goblet that this theory became like a really big thing. Obviously, because we see the Priori um, Incantatum scene, and the theory is that James and Lily were actually killed with Lord Voldemort's wand by somebody else after Lord Voldemort tried to kill Harry. And the reason that theory was about is because in the graveyard scene, we don't see 
the Avada Kedavra spell that killed Harry or attempted to kill Harry. And I thought that was a super interesting theory to talk about and see how we thought that could play out. Joe has since debunked it and confirmed that they were definitely killed first. Like, sorry, sorry. But I thought it was interesting enough to talk about because it's a it's a fun alternate universe to to theorize what could have happened if they were killed after and who would have killed them with Voldemort's wand because that's like crazy. So it wouldn't have been Wormtail. It's, it's it's fun, but I think it's just completely unlikely. Yeah. So I I wouldn't have any theories because it wouldn't have happened. It was Delphi. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, god. Yeah, it was Delphi. <laughs> With a uh, time turner. I don't know, because that wouldn't have made sense either. <laughs> oh well. 